Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, Chris, I know this week everybody else is talking about coronavirus. We are not. Uh, I am business so, as usual. I am so sick of going on social media right now between <laughs> uh, the toilet paper uh, fiasco. And uh, I mean, it is funny, uh, the Beavis and Butthead, the TP for me bunghole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, but the coronavirus thing, man, <clears throat> like I was sick last week. I felt that. I don't feel this. Please stop posting. Okay. Yeah. That's fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, no, man. Really, we've been <clears throat> we've been busy. The phones yeah. are steady. Guys are are yeah. still getting their trucks tuned. Guys, we know you're out there and you're still you still need something for your truck. Uh, and we've still been helping you. So yeah, yeah. it's it's been pretty steady. Uh, they're still making a show up at work. We're still doing the podcast. Yeah. So right. so we're yeah, we're healthy. Somewhere. That's why I say business as usual for yeah. us, man. Yeah. Uh, other than that, we actually have a special episode. We've done this, I think, one or two other times where uh, over at Duramax Tuner, Calibrated Power, we get into doing these really cool Diesel Insights videos where we take a topic that we know people have a lot of questions about or maybe just a topic that we're interested in, yeah. and we break it down. We, we try to go through it in as much detail and as much depth as we can. So there is a video of... The rest of today's episode available at Duramax Tuner's YouTube channel. Uh, We encourage you to go there, check it out, subscribe, like, all the great things about that. But, Chris, why don't you give them a quick overview of what today's uh, episode and that video are all about? Yeah, let's paint a picture real quick, right? We've done episodes in the past where we talk about emissions, and there's a lot of controversy in the industry uh, amongst emissions equipment and what people think, believe, want to believe, what their buddies told them, tell them, right? Um, so we did a real world scenario. Now, you know, the, the company calibrated power to our it's always data driven results, right? That's something that we we're very keen on. Um, sometimes though, to collect data and results, we need to take years, you know, and we need to get miles on a platform. Sure. So, uh, you know, it's very well known. Um, I bought Nick's old 2015 Cummins. That was a twin turbo truck with, you know, 10 millimeter CP3 trans, all the goodies. Um, and that truck has just shy of about 80,000 miles on it now. Um, that truck prior to me buying it, you know, sled pull use dyno, like in the video, we referenced the hundred pulls. Uh, I think there might be like almost 200 dyno pulls on that truck. Yeah. Um, there is more calibrations that have been flashed into that PCM. Like the thing should catch <laughs> on fire, um, to the point where Nick was like, Hey, you should learn how to start, you know, messing with the trans stuff. And I've been playing around with it, you know? Yeah. Um, I have pulled 15, 18,000 pounds, uh, you know, our, our sled pull truck, you know, the, the white 06 Cummins last year. Sure. Um, you know, my boat, uh, I've gone on multiple road trips. I mean, I've, I put 50, 60,000 miles on the truck since I've owned it. Hard miles. So it's, uh, I hate that ref stop. Hard the truck's not miles. beat, but yeah, it's been, Dude. it's been worked. Yeah. So it, it's what we decided to do is we, we pulled the twin turbos off of it, right? We're, we're going to be testing a new style 64 option. Sure. And we figured, what the hell? Let's pull the EGR off and let's document the whole thing. EGR's never been off the truck. We've been dying to pull the EGR oh, this off, has by been, the way. We've been talking about the EGR for coming off for at a least year, a year. Yeah, right? Yeah. This is like, man, we'd really love to see what does yeah. this look like. What, what will this show us? Because when, when you look up EGRs, it's a, a, a coolant, oil-caked, soot, Goop, yeah, goop. That's packed inside solid of an intake well, or let, inside let's of a, throw a an EGR step further. valve. Usually, when those things happen, right? You know, maybe a turbo seal fails, something like that. We kind of illustrate that in the video. You know, what potential yeah. issues there could be. But I'm thinking of it. I have two turbos, double the potential issue. Yep. Thinking of EGR issue. You know, I'm thinking a head gasket issue. The truck's still on stock head bolts. Right. 
So all these things were going in my head. And what we decided to do as a group was document when Mike, the guy in the shop that was the tech that was working on the truck, as we were starting to pull everything apart, all eyes on the camera, right? Camera yeah. on the on the components, see what the hell's going on. Um, and I would say I was hoping that I could back up everything that I've ever said to everyone that I've ever talked to. And also wildly worried that maybe you wouldn't. Right. Because we don't, because at that time we've done it on, on Duramaxes and we've done it on some other well, trucks. We've done it on trucks. We've done it on stock trucks, right? Like yeah. I have confidence in, okay, you take a stock truck, you tune it. This is where we're going to see our gains. This is where we're going to see our improvements. I'm confident in that. Right. And we've done these trucks with 150,000 miles, then tune it for another 50. Even even our single turbo, our stealth turbo upgrades, we've done it with like the LML yeah, back yeah. in the day and we were, we were totally fine right, right. like it, it proved itself but to take a truck winter spring summer fall take the truck towing drag racing sled pulling taking the truck on 55 pounds of boost on a stock motor for the last 50,000 miles of its life and running it through the ringer and then going hey guys all eyes on this let's pull it apart I have more confidence and I have a leg to stand on for any existing guy that deals with us, any potential future customer that might deal with us, or any of the naysayers that are out there that F the emissions, I don't want this, I don't want that, it's trash. Watch the video after you listen to this podcast. It is mind-blowing and we have good visuals and there's a lot of quality, quality information there that I think will educate a lot of people. Absolutely. With that being said, let's kick it over to Nick. Hi, I'm Nick Pregnance with Calibrated Power Solutions, home of DuramaxTuner.com. Behind me I have our 2015 Ram. This has been a test truck for the past 80,000 miles. I bought it in December of 2014 and sold it to Chris Emke, one of our sales guys here, a couple of years ago, and it has been beat. It has been used. It has been tuned since the first tank of fuel was in it. It's been at least 500 horsepower, 100 plus dyno passes, probably more than that. It's had a twin turbo kit on it for the past, I don't know, 30 or 40,000 miles. So what better platform to show you what an EGR looks like after being put through the miles at high horsepower with our calibrated power solutions tuning on it. Generally when you hear about EGR on these trucks or on other trucks, it's somebody complaining about some sort of failure, right? Or the EGR pumps nasty soot through my engine, or it's clogged, or it's got a coolant leak. It's an issue, right? What you don't hear are the boring stories of the hundreds of thousands of trucks that operate fine with the EGR on them and don't have any problems. Well, while we're taking the turbocharger off of this truck to test one of our new Stealth 64s, I had the guys take the full EGR system off this truck just so we can take a peek and see what it looks like after these miles. Now EGR is nothing new in diesel. Since 2004 and a half, the Duramax has had it, 2003 the Fords had it, and to be honest with you, the early systems, well, they could use some work. A lot of times they were undersized, and the components that were used in them were kind of pullover components from the gas world. So as the generations went on, things got better. I'll say that. Okay, particularly in 2013, 2011. Those are what I call the final tier four EGR systems. And most of the times those are coupled with diesel exhaust fluid. The nice thing about diesel exhaust fluid is that when you use it, you don't need as much EGR. That's good, right? Also, those years, you have larger EGR systems. So what that means is larger EGR coolers, lar larger EGR pipes, and you have the experience from engineers who now have 10 years in the industry designing those EGR systems. We just don't see EGR failures on these later model trucks like you did on the 04, 03, uh, first generation EGR systems. Now just because your truck is a late model truck doesn't mean that it's immune to EGR failures or having issues with the EGR system. 
what we see mostly with EGR-related failures is that they're secondary, right? So first you have a turbocharger fail, then you have the EGR fail. You have oil coming through the EGR system. Or first you have a head gasket failure, and that pressurizes the cooling system and fails the EGR cooler. So there's something else that happens, goes misdiagnosed, unidentified, or just not maintained, and then the truck runs sooty or runs with extra oil or coolant in the EGR system, and then we have those issues where the EGR valve gets plugged or fouled, and you start running into these kind of larger scenarios of EGR failure. If the truck is well-maintained and taken care of, if there's a check engine light and it's serviced, we don't have these boost leaks, we don't have these long, lingering, ongoing issues, for the most part, EGR tells a pretty boring story. The late-model EGR system on a Cummins is really no different than most of the other manufacturers. You have exhaust gas coming off of the manifold, and there's a riser off the manifold. From that riser, the exhaust gas goes into the EGR cooler or is bypassed around it. So we have a bypass valve that determines whether the EGR is cooled or uncooled. The cooled EGR is cooled by engine coolant. So there's coolant that runs through the cooler, and that coolant pulls the heat out of the exhaust gas. From there, goes around the front of the engine into the EGR valve. Now the EGR valve is a stepper motor that moves a valve that determines how much EGR is, is mixed with the intake uh, air. So the fresh air flow is mixed with the EGR flow and that determines the mixture going into the engine. If we ever do see EGR failures, it's going to be on one of these moving parts. Right? So the EGR valve itself is going to get caked up with oil or soot or coolant, or the bypass valve is going to get caked up, less likely, or the EGR cooler itself might fail. There might be a puncture from the cooling system that is engine coolant will go into the exhaust. That's not a good situation. However, that's rare. Let's jump into the system we pulled off of this truck. First is the EGR cooler. Now exhaust gas is going to come off the manifold, pressurized in here. It's going to go through and be cooled by engine coolant. The engine coolant is going to come in and out from these two lines. And then on the end of the cooler, it's going to go into the bypass and around the engine. Next we have the EGR bypass valve. This valve determines the mixture of hot EGR versus cooled EGR. So there's a pipe that rises up off the manifold, a secondary pipe. Uh, that would be exhaust gas that is not cooled. And this pipe, this uh, bypass valve just really mixes those two. You can kind of see in there and see how that works. Pretty rare to have a failure on this part, but it's worth mentioning that it exists. Next on the Cummins, you have the crossover pipe. This is going to take EGR from the passenger side of the motor in front of the valve cover and over to the driver's side. Really don't see any failures with these. There is a temp sensor in it. Based on what the temperature is of that gas, that's what determines the mixing ratio between hot and cold EGR. And the EGR valve itself. So EGR is going to come in here, and then this valve is going to move back and forth, and that'll determine the orifice size by which the exhaust gas will flow into the intake. This valve can be all the way shut or all the way open, usually operates somewhere in between. It's interesting to note the design of the valve. Um, it's, it's designed so that it cannot be forced open or forced shut. It's, uh, it's a pretty cool design, actually. It also has cleaners in the end, so there's almost like Scotch-Brite pads in the end of the shaft that scrub the soot off. So sometimes when you hear your engine kind of click and clack when you shut it off, you hear things cycling. Uh, one of those things is the EGR valve cycling to make sure that it's clean. This is the most susceptible part to gunk, oil, coolant especially, because if, if that oil and coolant gets stuck on that shaft, it can make it very difficult for the valve to actuate properly. Furthermore, a lot of times you'll see caking of soot on these ports. Most of the time that caking is caused by a boost leak, 
or some sort of rich condition in the engine that's gone unchecked. The engine should not be running excessively rich. Uh, part of the reason we're able to keep the truck so happy with our uh, calibrated power tunes is that we monitor that in our testing and we're making sure that we're running uh, in conditions that are not excessively rich. So if you have a boost leak or you have some condition that causes the turbocharger not to function or to leak air, you're going to have an excessively rich condition and then you know, if you have oil or coolant especially, um, but if you have that excessively rich condition, you can have excessive soot buildup. You can see here this valve has 80,000 miles on it. There's no evidence of excessive caking. There's no evidence of buildup. You know, uh, honestly, I'm pretty impressed with it. One of the main questions we get is, how does the EGR system, how does the emission system handle the extra power? This truck is repeatedly made over 600 horsepower. Things look really happy. We use the EGR. EGR system is functioning, functioning as it did from the factory. It always has. I'm, I'm pretty impressed. It's a boring story, but it's neat to see. The point is, we rarely see EGR failures on late model trucks. We can add power without sacrificing reliability. I'm Nick Pregnance with Calibrated Power Solutions, home of DuramaxTuner.com. Hope you've enjoyed those diesel insights. All right, guys. Uh, so that was Nick Pregnance with our Diesel Insights video. Once again, check out the Duramax Tuner YouTube channel. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe to that channel. I think we can also just put this video up on our YouTube channel as well. I don't see any problem with that. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, you guys will be able to find this. For those of you, I know there are still some some listeners out there who are listening to our podcast by watching YouTube. Yeah. Uh, which is cool with us. We I don't do mind. That. I, I do that when I listen. I've been getting into vlogs and uh, podcast stuff. I watch the recorded, uh, taped versions. I don't. I don't yeah. listen. So that that's how I am. I'm a visual person, though. So sure. Yeah. Hey, so whatever works guys. for you guys. Uh, oh, yeah. We appreciate you following along for today. This has been Paul Wilson and Chris Emke. Thanks for listening.